Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on pools and spas and other outdoor cool water feature stuff. Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital, Heidi Hansine. Hey, good day to you, Garth. So we uh, we pretty much decided that you uh, you do want to keep your family out of the hospital. For sure. And um, Unless, like you said, one of my kids is one of the medical professionals that happened to be yeah. there, and then we'll, you know. Yeah. So uh, one way to do this, <clears throat> to uh, put your family in the hospital, is to have uh, a swimming pool where your levels are too high or actually too small, too your low. Levels of chemical treatment. Right. Mm. So we're going to talk about that and give you the uh, the levels that you're going to want to reach. Uh, you know, probably one of the most dangerous things you can do is to have a swimming pool and just have it out there and not know how to take care of it. And not have any care. Not yeah. have any yeah supervision or because if it's underdone you can have little nasties grow in it and cause rashes all over the body mm. which is never fun no and if it's overdone then the chemicals go after your your body and you know that's not cool either not to mention your hair color too i mean have you ever seen those green too much chlorine what it does to the hair yeah you're uh blondes you, turn you to green to, you have to worry a little more about hair color than i do <laughs> So uh, I've done the research, and uh, based on the research, we have uh, we're going to go over the uh, the levels you're going to want to have if you've got free chlorine, for example. Mm. Now, there's a difference between total chlorine and and free chlorine. What is that? So basically, let's say that you dump a certain volume, or you you insert a certain volume of chlorine into your pool. Okay. Some of it is going to immediately find some nasty floaty and connect to it and do its job, and then it's uh, it's not free chlorine; it's expended chlorine. Oh, all right. Okay. So um, you know, and if you've got some friends coming over, um, each of those friends has uh, you know, for lack of a better term, goo on their bodies. Right. And sweat, and who knows which of the uh, which of the guests is peeing in the pool. And you can try to get them to shower beforehand, but a lot of times people don't. You know, and I have to tell a quick story about uh, taking my grandkids to the swimming pool the other day. <laughs> Let's hear it. I uh, I was sitting there watching uh, my kids, and right now they're uh, they're seven, five, and three. Fun. And I had my three year old granddaughter on my leg uh, while I was watching somebody else come out of the chute. Uh, <laughs> Your leg got warm? <laughs> My leg got warm. I'm so sorry to spoil your story. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I know what you just did. And then I uh, I had a lot of motivation to move away from that spot. Did you give her a chemical lesson, though? Did you talk to her about chlorine and bromamine and chloramines? And <laughs> no, I just kind of moved her away from that spot. I know. You left other people hanging around in that spot, huh? <laughs> yeah. Stir the water a little bit. Spread it out. Put up a sign that says, "Please." <laughs> so that's the purpose of chlorine is to uh, is to eliminate that sort of nastiness. Right, from what I understand, right. public swimming pools have a lot of that. Now, actually, and that kind of addresses one of the concerns you had last time we uh, we we did these podcasts. Is shoot, we're going to have all the swimming pool people in the universe mad at us. And, <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I'm thinking it's just the opposite because this, uh, probably if people knew how much pee there was in the public pools, they'd probably be a lot more motivated to. They actually might get their own pool. Yeah, you can pee in your own pool. <laughs> and they may shower more. Who knows? I, I'll admit I was one of those teenagers that thought, shower before I get in there? Why would I do that? I'm yeah. getting in the pool right now. I don't shower anyway, so why would I shower before I go? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, back to the levels. We've got uh, free chlorine. Uh, you're going to want to have a minimum of two parts per million. And uh, ideal would be three to five. And then a maximum would be 10 parts per million. Mm. Of so, free what chlorine. do you really narrow it down? That is so broad. That's like three to nine. Mm-hmm. What, where is the ideal, truly? Is it right in the middle of there? Or is yeah, it... the, uh, the ideal is three to five. Three to five. And uh, yeah, you so four? as the. Four as is the, the ideal? <laughs> yeah, let's go with four. I just like to be specific. I mean, yeah. there's always room for variance, but you know. As, yeah, as long as there's a, let's put it this way, as long as there's a small amount of uh, free chlorine residual, you're probably good. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to, uh, to get it to four exactly and keep it there because you, know, you never know at what moment little Johnny's going to pee in the pool. So it does kind of vary. Right. Words. You're not going to be fanatical about getting out there and making sure it sticks at three or four. Right. At the, at the same time, you know, I've known, uh, back when I was in the drinking water business, I've, I've known water operators to just go pour a couple of gallons into the top of the tank, and that's what they, they figured they were disinfecting that way. Oh, my word. But, like diluting the contaminants by adding a little extra water? Well, by adding chlorine to the water. But I'm thinking, okay, beforehand you, were, you, you didn't have a chlorine residual, and now you've got 10 tons of chlorine residual, and neither of those scenarios is great. I see. Uh, the same thing applies not only in the drinking water world, but also in the uh, swimming pool world. So what about salt? You haven't mentioned the salt. Are we going to talk about that in another podcast? Uh, yeah, the salt will do the same thing because salt is sodium chloride, and the, uh, the chlorine and the, you know, and the chloride um, are pretty much the same thing. And, and so you'll just want to make sure, again, before everybody gets into the pool, that you've got a, a chlorine residual that's ready to, mm. ready to go. Okay. Combined chlorine, um, you know, the, the minimum and ideal are, are zero, and th- this is actually chloramines. You want to have a max chloramine of 0.5. Basically, if you have chloramines going, fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got bromine. If you're not using chlorine and you're using bromine instead, it is very similar to the, uh, the chlorine. Uh, bromine is, uh, the minimum is two, just like chlorine. The maximum is 10, just like chlorine. Only the ideal in, for, for chlorine is three to five. For, bron- for bromine, it's four to six. Mm, okay, a little higher. So it's about the same. Um, and you might want to talk to your pool and spa supplier and uh, you know get their feeling about chlorine versus bromine. But based on what... Uh, but I know I tend to favor bromine over chlorine, but probably salt over both of them. Really? So with the salt, we didn't talk about the parts per million. Do we need to mention that? Or uh, is that salt different? Salt and chlorine are pretty much the same thing because the salt creates a chlorine residual. I see. Yeah. So you just want to use those same Well, that numbers. is so interesting to me because salt just has a totally different feel and flavor and smell so it's interesting that it yeah it's not nearly as hard on your skin you, right. yeah, you feel better coming out it's, it's almost a healthy yeah therapeutic type of a thing yeah 
So and I think in your mansion, mm. you're probably going to want to go with the salt, I Heidi. think so. I'm liking that idea. Okay. Then, in addition to the, um, you know, for the chlorine or the bromine to work, you've actually got to have the pH right. Otherwise, the chlorine, or, you know, the disinfectant, whatever it is, is going to be much less effective, and you're going to have to use a lot more of it. Mm. So the pH got to be uh, minimum 7.2, maximum 7.8, and ideal is right there in the middle, 7.4 to 7.6. Wow. Similar with the alkalinity, you go, you're going to have to pay attention to that as well. I'll just give you the numbers. The minimum is 60, the maximum is 180, and the ideal is, is 80 to 100. Uh, you know, it's, you've, got a, you've got a learning curve that you've got to address uh, as the pool owner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get some of that from, from me, of course, and uh, I'm sure that there are pool and spa chemical places near your home, wherever you live, that are more than happy to bring you up to speed. Do you have a chart posted on your website? I'm just curious because as people are driving, they're listening to this podcast, they may not have been able to jot all that down and they're probably just pulling their hair out right now going, wait, 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 what did he say? Yeah, that's that's a good point. We will put that up on the website. Chart. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, TDS is total dissolved solids. um, And that could be any one of a number of things. It could be calcium. It could be, it could be iron. You know, it just there's a number of things that dissolve in, in water. Mm. And uh, you just want to have that be 1,500 um, more than you started with when you just filled the, the pool. That's a maximum. What do you mean 1,500 more than when you started with? Are you saying these minerals are key and needed? or? Uh, no, they're kind of in the way. In the way, okay. So the, there is, the, the minimum ideal is, is your TDS, total dissolved solids, are basically what you started with uh, when, you, when you filled the pool with water. Mm. And now as people got, get swimming in there, you're, the sweat, for example, and the spit, and who knows what else is going to be dissolving into the water. Right. And then your TDS is going to go up. So you don't want that to be more than 1,500 over what you started with. Wow. So that actually affects it, too, even the sweat. Yeah. Minerals washing off of people's bodies. And yeah. Can you imagine the, uh, like the toe fungus that, that people have? Ooh, that was kind of a not a pleasant thought. <laughs> how, <laughs> how likely is it that you can contract a virus from like swimming pool water? For example, like a wart virus. Somebody's got warts, you go swimming in the same pool. If they have it chemically treated to the proper levels do you have to worry or does that pretty much take care of that boy i don't think i want to answer that question because i'm a lowly engineer uh, i think i would probably have to be uh you know what is the technical term for a skin doctor uh, a dermatologist dermatologist thank mm, you mm. Uh, one of those guys to really answer that question but what we can do is we can say you know we can use that as an example of why you want to have your free chlorine residual be there. The proper level, right. right? Yes. That reminds me of another story. Oh, that's here. I'm in the mood for a story. So I, uh, I used to be in the, in the drinking water business. Yes. As I mentioned, and my uh, one of my first tank inspections, we actually didn't go in there in scuba gear. We went in there in boots. Ooh. And. Um, you know, in this particular tank, it had, I'm going to say, maybe three, four inches in the, in the bottom. They pretty much drained it out. Right. And we went in there because there was a concern about um, the water quality. They had a lot of 
of uh, nasties showing up in the test. Mm. So we show up and, you know, we go to this convenience store first and they wanted to know who we were because this is out in boondocks and <laughs> right. we were not locals. Who are you? So we didn't want to tell them a lot. We just said we're, uh, we're consultants. Oh, and uh, water consultants. And they said, well, we don't need you. Our water tastes great. <laughs> and you've heard this, this story. <laughs> I think I have heard this story. Uh, in, mm. in another flavor. But we actually went up there. And that tank had about uh, 18 mice in various stages of decomposition oh. in the bottom of that drinking water storage tank. Oh, that tank. is so horrible. That, the, I remember the story just because you said that the better the water <laughs> tastes, sometimes the more contaminated it is. Right. Yeah. I, why is that? You might want to tell the people again because that's you know just I don't have the reason why it tastes better, but it seems to be the case, and that's just purely on my own. You know, I don't have any scientific reason to tell you why that's that might be the case. Yeah, and I don't think it's always the case because I'm sure the city where I live treats their water well, and honestly, I think we have some of the best tasting water in all the state, and even in, even compared to other states. Like I've been to relatives and family members in various places and my water just tastes better yeah be afraid so yeah the <laughs> i'm not so sure because well i i don't know if i should give this away but the city water manager lives on my street so <laughs> that might have something to do with it too he might know what's what's up and where the best sources are and that they may be rooted to our street who knows <laughs> so in my case you know the uh, the guy that i was with and i was the new timer to the uh the whole drinking water business at the time and right. he, the old timer he says well that's probably not a problem if they keep the chlorine up and they didn't keep the chlorine up and that's why i'm telling the story really is these these people were just drinking unfiltered mice you really can't even trust your city can you <laughs> <laughs> Well, these cities, uh, you know, they, they, they're probably good people, but you've got the mice that are getting in from the well or the spring. They're washing into the drinking water storage tank, and there they drown. They go to the bottom, and they start to rot. Some of these mice were just little piles of flour with a tail. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, others were more identifiable as a uh, something that used to be a mouse. Well, I guess when you say you can't trust your city, I, like you said, it's not a, that's not a direct... Yeah. cut to the people of the city leading the city it's just that like you said they're not maybe controlling every aspect of the things that you think they might be right and the reason why i'm going down this alley is is just to make sure that you understand that if you do not chlorinate your water be it in the drinking water system or in your swimming pool or in your jetted tub you you don't have purity you have nastiness um that makes sense. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So uh, just I want to make sure that that's drilled in and make it very clear. Uh, similarly, calcium uh, is the last of the chemicals you're going to want to stay uh, on top of. Now, calcium is part of water hardness. Hardness is basically calcium and magnesium. Mm. And <clears throat> if you've got too much calcium in your water, it's going to also affect the ability of the chlorine to do its job. Which is actually pretty healthy, right? To have a little excess calcium in there? Yeah, calcium, uh, you've got a, you want to have a minimum of 100. You want to have, ideally, you want to have 100 to 250, and then you want to have a maximum calcium of about 800. Mm. So that's what we've got uh, going for calcium. And yes, we will put that up on the website, homemedic. Uh, world.com and the counter side of that is you probably have some deposits if you don't keep that under control right right yeah because it's kind of you know again comparing it to some other things that i as the home inspector are aware of 
you do swamp coolers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the swamp cooler is going to have water of whatever chemistry go into that swamper. And then you've got the pan, and as you're running the water down the pads, the H2O evaporates off, and that's what causes the cooling effect. Mm. But the calcium and the rest of the dissolved solids stay in there, and it ends up just creating this pile of calcium and chemicals in the bottom of the pan, and it hardens the, the filters, etc., and it also runs down the roof and leaves white calcium deposits on the roof shingles. And destroys the shingles. <laughs> That's right. Been there, done that one. <laughs> yeah, I think many of us have that, oh. have, that have done swamp coolers. Swamp coolers. So, fun. yeah, you've, you've got the calcium that also needs to be addressed. Um, again, you know, as, as the pool and, or spa owner or jetted tub, whatever it is, uh, you do have some things you're going to want to be on top of. Now, in the next segment, Heidi, uh, we're going to talk about pool types because that seems to be the huge debate no matter where you live. Should we go with gunite? Should we go with vinyl? Should we go with liners? And we're going to talk about the strengths and weaknesses of each of them. Well, that's getting a little bit more fun now that we've covered all this chemical. Yeah. Chemist- chemistry lesson is over. Chemistry and numbers chemistry is, is like, hell, we, we've got to be pretty good to make chemistry and numbers oh, be actually interesting. I think I we, we might have partially done Especially that, right? when I didn't even show up for the school that day, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a lot of days that she didn't show up. She was... Oh, trust me, there were a lot I showed up, though. I... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> She's I'm... got some good stories about days that she didn't show up. It's amazing how beautiful and intelligent and wise she is, considering how many stories she has about well, the days she didn't show up. You see, when I was staying home, I was busy studying on my own. I was, yeah. I'm self-educated. Self-educated. <laughs> For sure. I'm just not educated. Not completely self-educated. Not that there's not a lot to learn, but somewhat self-educated. Okay. Um Wise beyond her years. We'll we'll just go there. More, it all depends what we're talking about. More uh, and and uh, yeah, lest we be considered of abusing you, uh, what you've been able to accomplish in your life is. <laughs> thank okay. you, thank you, Garth. So um, you too. Homemedicworld.com. And uh, and as always, be yourself because only Heidi gets to skip class and be that awesome. <laughs> Hi, this is Julia McKay with your natural solutions tip for the day. Julie, we are going to talk about one of the most powerful oils, essential oils, which is peppermint. One of the great things about peppermint is you can rub it on your temples after you wake up in the morning for an energy boost. I don't know about you, but I sure need that every morning. Oh, I need that too. Did you also know it promotes healthy respiratory function and clear breathing? That is fabulous, but I think the best thing is you can put a drop in your mouth and help freshen your breath. I was going to say, the best (laughs) thing is good breath. No, there are so many great uses for peppermint. If you'd like to know more, one of the 100 million uses for peppermint, go ahead and email us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.